0: There is freedom here. I don't know what you've come here dealing with, but there's liberty here. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh well, I guess you can sit down if you can for a minute. I feel faith here this morning. I feel faith here right now. You're not just you're not just feeling good vibrations, and it's not just love, peace, and chicken grease. You're feeling the Holy Ghost right now. We are feeling the Holy Ghost here right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for what God is doing to all of our guests. Thank you so much for being with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. We want you to know you are welcome here. You are wanted here. Come join this big, crazy family. And we are blessed this morning to have the ministry of our bishop and sister, Varnum. There is nobody like them. It's very, it's very true. We could say we would not be here. There would not be a Soul's Harbor if it wasn't for Bishop and Sister Varnum. They have done so much for me personally. They've done so much for the Apostolic Pentecostal Church just around the world. There are people that call them all the time wanting to know what to do, how to build a church, how to keep moving forward. And we are blessed to call them ours and they're going to come, they're going to preach, they're going to sing. We're going to just have a good time this morning. You ready to have some church? Sister Varna, why don't you come on?
1: Wow. Wow. This is the first time I've been here. I mean, you know, I mean, I was here when it was dirty and, and nasty and terrible. and But now it's pretty. But it's not big enough, is it? No, it is not big enough. And it's not going to be big enough. We're getting ready to build a brand new sanctuary right next door. (laughs) I tell you, I feel so good today. I mean, I feel over the top. I came in here, and there was people praying in the prayer room, and Sunday school rooms were full, and everything looked so nice, and... I did not stop one time for a light on oh, highway 484. Is that is a miracle. Oh, oh, and, and it wasn't because I was running them. Oh. I mean, it was, they, they just, whoo just came on for me. And I was like, I told my husband, I said, this is a true miracle. Yeah. Because I have never. Let me tell you another thing. Since we've been here, how long's it been? Five, four years, yeah. A little more than five years. Okay. All of us, yeah. This, this town has grown. Has, yes. Let me tell you, Bellevue was nothing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was nothing. Yeah. It was a little hole in Florida. There was one restaurant. There was a quick king. There was one light. It was nothing. And then when my husband... we had bars. Oh, yeah. Boy, you could go and have a good time. Yeah. But they did not have... When we went there, of course, we prayed all those bars out. Praise God. And then... And then everything started coming in. We got a Burger King. It was like a miracle. And then, then a McDonald's. You, At least you guys have a Walmart before you ever got here. Yeah, now you've got a Publix. And there's a lot more stuff coming here. God is blessing this place because of this church. Because of this church. Oh, I believe that. I believe the blessings of the Lord are over this church, and we need to remember that God is good. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, I feel so good today. Alrighty, we're going to sing a little song. B flat. Now, is this thing transposed or anything? All right, all right. I am so proud of my daughter and her husband. They have came over here and took the reins of this church and they have put their heart and their soul in it and I am so grateful for them. Because you got to have a good pastor. You got to have a good pastor's wife. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want one without the other. Oh, no. You might have a good pastor and then have an evil pastor's wife. Ooh, that would not be good. You might have a good pastor's wife and then a mean pastor. That wouldn't be good. But you guys have great leadership. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Woo. I just seen some new people here. Hallelujah. All right. Saul left for Damascus Breathing murder and hate With his hands full of warrants The Lord suspected his fate He met the Lord on that highway It turned his life all around He spent the rest of his days Telling everybody about the Savior he found to tell the story of how he set him free and give God the glory for all the victory. victory. shout hallelujah. hallelujah all day.
2: Was a man named Cornelius. He was a soldier at Rome. He sent a message to Peter. Come over, preach in my home. The Holy Ghost.
1: A few minutes because I know my husband's getting ready to preach. Amen. What time do y'all usually get out when the, when the Lord's done? Oh, he might be going for three or four o'clock today. <laughs> Hallelujah! Back in my day, that's how long he went. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know, but I want to talk about the Holy Ghost because it's so important. Yes. I mean, you got to get the Holy Ghost. If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, if you haven't spoken in tongues in like a year, you gotta, you got to get in there and get moved and get speaking in tongues. Get speaking in tongues again. Uh, you know, my mother, she got the Holy Ghost in 1929 by herself. She had been praying for a year. She'd been reading her Bible. When my dad went out to work, she'd get her Bible. She'd read it. She kept reading about the Holy Ghost, kept reading about the Holy Ghost. She said, Lord, if it's for me, give it to me at home and make a believer out of my husband. And that was 1929. She was reading Acts 2.38 when the Holy Ghost fell on her. I mean, it was unmistakable. I mean, there was something that happened. You know, I can't imagine my mother being anything but sweet and precious and, and good even without the Holy Ghost. But when she got the Holy Ghost, it changed my life. I wasn't even born yet. I'm going to be born years later in California. But when she got the Holy Ghost, she changed my life. And now I got the Holy Ghost when I was like around 11, 12. And I was a terrible kid. I did not mind my mom. You know, and I say that that ter- it's terrible, but I didn't. I didn't mind my mom. Uh, I didn't do housework. She didn't make me. She said that, she said once once she gets married she'll be working the rest of her life and God knows that was true but you know I told her I didn't want God I told her terrible things I told her I, I just don't want to live for God I don't want to go to church I, I just didn't like God and and it was terrible but when I got the Holy Ghost I mean I don't even think I was worth shooting but When I got the Holy Ghost, my life, it changed like in an instant, in just a second, just a minute. My life was just, I got up from the floor of that campground and called my mother. And she was shouting on the other end when when I said, Mom, I got the Holy Ghost. And she was shouting, and I was crying. I said, I didn't know it was like this. I didn't know what you were shouting about. I didn't know what you were so thrilled about. But when my dad got the Holy Ghost, I wanted to talk about him, because he was a booger. He was terrible. He was a bootlegger. That's how he made his money. And he was a scoundrel. He was a troublemaker. I mean he was going out, he would go to these brush arbor meetings and shoot his guns up in the air, you know, him and his brothers and his cousins, and they were making fun of the Pentecostal movement. And they were on their horses and and shooting up in the air. Of course, those people inside that brush harbor, they didn't pay them no attention because they were all under the spirit. They were shouting and and dancing and singing, and it was wonderful. But my dad, for five years, he fought the Holy Ghost. He didn't know he was fighting him, but he was. And when he got so under conviction, the first thing he did when he went out that morning to plow the field, he repented. Now, he didn't let my mom know because he was fighting her. He was saying, I'm not going to be no Pentecostal. Those Pentecostal people are crazy. They throw powders on you and you go crazy. And and so he he did not like the Pentecostal movement, and he said he was Baptist, but he wasn't nothing but a bootlegger. My dad got out in that field, and he couldn't plow. He said he was so heavy. He said he could not plow. He said he got down. He said, God, if you'll just forgive me, let me make one more batch of whiskey. He just wanted to make one more batch. That's all. And he said, I'm going to live for you. Uh, He got up then, and he... He got up and tr- tried to plow that field, but he couldn't plow that field. He was he was so heavy. He said he took that harness off himself. You know, he was plowing with a, a, a one mule and a whatever they call that thing. I, I used to know, but I forgot. <laughs> but he, he got that thing off of him. He said he knelt down in that dirt. He started crying. He said, "God, if you'll forgive me." I will not make one more batch of whiskey, and I will live for you from this night on. And he cried and repented right there. That's why repentance is so important. You've got to repent. You've got to. He came home for lunch that day and told my mother, said, make sure I've got a clean shirt. He said, because I'm gonna go with you to the Brush Harbor. Oh my Lord. My mom wanted to start shouting, but she just stopped herself. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost makes you want to shout, makes you want to run, makes you want to jump. Yes, it does. Yes. So they got in the wagon. They all went to the meeting. And as soon as the people saw my daddy, they said, oh, that butler is here to cause some problems. They just shook their head. But oh, they didn't know that he'd been with God earlier that day, and so when he got when he got over uh, uh, in the uh, the church house, he said he kept waiting. You know, people were singing and shouting and dancing all around him, and he just kept waiting for that preacher to make that altar call. Come on, make the altar call, make the altar call. And he, he said before he could even get it out of his mouth, he was down there in the altar. And he was speaking in tongues. He started speaking in tongues. And, and, and probably three years earlier, he had told my mother. He had came in, and she was speaking in tongues. She was having a prayer meeting in her home with her little babies. And he had forgot something, because she didn't have a prayer meeting when my dad was there. But... He had forgot something. He came back to the house, and she was already in the spirit. She was speaking in tongues and praising God. And he told her, stop that. And he said he felt something grab his throat. And he could not breathe. He went out the door, and he said, God, if you'll forgive me, I'll never do that again. He'll he'll never tell her to stop that again. Yeah, let me tell you. Well, he got the Holy Ghost. He said he was laying on the ground. And he said, God spoke to him, said, Now you tried to stop your wife, stop yourself. And he said he couldn't. He stayed there. He was the last one that they took to the wagon. Oh, he was just, yes. he was, he was just, you know, uh, uh, I want to say wiggling, but that's not right the word. Uh, he, was, he was marching, you know, to the wagon and, and they put him up in the wagon. He was speaking in tongues all the way home. Oh, yes. He said, The next morning, He said, when I woke up, the sky was really bluer. I have heard that my whole life. And you know, when I got the Holy Ghost that night at that camp meeting, when I got up the next day, I had never seen a sky so blue as that. So I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is real. It's real. If you haven't experienced, you need to experience it. You need to get the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You need to be converted in Jesus' name. God bless you all, hallelujah, hallelujah, woo, woo. Glory, glory,
2: glory, praise the Glory, glory, glory. Praise the Lord. Indeed, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I um, appreciate the things that my wife said and the anointing is on her and is going through this place. There's a lot of things we look at ourselves and just know we cannot accomplish or cannot live or do or be. But then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us and in us and through us. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Amen. I appreciate very much your pastor and his wife at yeah. the altaries. And uh, also appreciate each of you. It's, it's I haven't, um, there's a lot of you, you that I haven't seen before. Yes. And I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, it sounds to me like that... Um, you folks are just already in the will of God talking about all this family stuff coming up because that's what I'm going to preach about today. So maybe I'll just set a little stage out there for you. But um, this, is, this is something I taught in Bellevue, but I structured it to try to preach it here today. But um, as, I, as I grow older in life and uh, breath don't come quite as easy as it used to, uh, it's probably going to be a Bible lesson anyway. But it's a good word. Oh, yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, things have been said that are so exactly on, on cue of what I, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, well, I guess I am in the will of God to, to, to have prayed about this and put this together this way by the hand of God from his word. But, you know, it, we as goes the family, so goes the church. Amen. And as goes the families and the church, so goes the world. Yes. Someone said that, uh, my wife, I think, said that uh, God blessed Ellen because of this church. Uh, we laughed, we have fun with it, but we need to believe it. Yes. Amen. Yes. You, when you look yes. through the Bible from the beginning all the way to the end, Genesis to Revelation, you find out, well, how that things... Uh, in the area, or the, or how everything fell into place, based on what God was going to do for His people next. Yes. 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 Amen. Yes. I mean, they, they, uh, you, you can go all the way back to early in Genesis and you go all the way through, and see the miracles that God has done yes. to prepare for His people oh, yes. to do His will and yes. to move. For instance, from Egypt to the Promised Land how many things that God prepared ahead for them that they could travel from Egypt all the way to the promised land, from slavery to freedom, from bondage to liberty. And that's what God is here today to do. Amen. So just uh, pull your seat up to the table. You can put your elbows on the table if you want. (laughs) And let's just have at it. In this message, I want to out some things um, that uh, all of us have come short in one way or another yes. yeah. and the, the, the thing I do not want to happen is for anyone to feel somehow offended or feel like I'm disqualified right. I right. disqualify myself yeah. I've already messed yeah. up too much I've already yeah. I've already made too many mistakes yeah. I've already lived too long to change yeah. now yeah. see God is a miracle worker. Yeah. We can make a difference in our life today. So that's, I want to give you that little preamble there because uh, it's important that we receive this with the kind of love that I'm going to preach it. You know, it's in the family where we actually learn how to live. Uh, It's in the family that we learn love. In the family, we learn caring. It's in the household. It's in the family. We learn forgiveness. In the, it's in the family. We learn some things about order. Yes. Right. In the family, we learn about sharing and being, uh, being unselfish with the things that God has given right. to us. Right. Yes. Families do come in all shapes and sizes. Right. Yes. Um, people in the past have heard my wife's story about her family. She's a 14th uh, in her family. And her mother had 14 children. And then they said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> and so my wife is the youngest in her family. My family had, uh, my mother and father had seven of us uh, siblings, and I'm the youngest, and she's the youngest. So, you know, worked out okay. Yeah. Uh, but families comes in all different uh, sizes. And right. and so I want to examine a family and uh, look at the some common types of families. and I, I, There's three things that are, three or four things that are mentioned here. I'm mostly going to uh, base what I'm gonna to preach today on the nuclear family, because uh, there's a lot being said in the news, and if you're reading hardly anything at all, that's, that's kind of the buzzword out there at this time, it's talking about nuclear family. The Reason people are talking about the nuclear family is what it means to be a nuclear family. It um, doesn't mean an explosive family necessarily, <laughs> it doesn't mean a bomb, but it does mean order and it does mean uh, in its right place, yes. people filling their right places. Let's uh, so just, just examine a family and some common uh, types of families. Nuclear is, of course, that that has one mother, one father, and... And children, and um, that's that's a nuclear family. One reason that it's being talked about so much is because, uh, with all of the, you know, that they, America, I'm assuming that uh, Danellan gets like you know electricity and news. And <laughs> she just got through saying you're bigger than Bellevue, but um, but th- there's a. There's a great desire among, especially poor people. Now, some people think that rich and poor is divided among racial lines. But that's just not true. Because yes, I was raised not only poor, but I was raised poor. I mean, I mean, I was. Uh, we, my wife and I both, and uh, just, just really just. Wore shoes until the big hole was in the bottom of the sole, and then put cardboard in them and keep wearing them a while. Just keep changing the cardboard until the whole thing fell apart. Yeah. And then, if I was lucky, I got another pair. Right. Usually, hand-me-down. Yeah, Being the youngest, yeah, you get the hand-me-downs. <laughs> 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 and um, but the nuclear family is the fa- is the ideal family the way God intended for it to be. Yes. But yeah sin came into the world, and that's not necessarily your fault or my fault, right. but sin came in the world because yes. of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, yes. and then things begin to be different. Yes. Nuclear family is the ideal, the way that God would like for it to be. Um, the, the matrifocal family, which means you're, you're focusing on the matriarch or the mother, uh, is is a, a single mother with children. Right. Single for many different reasons, maybe single because the father has died, right. because that there's been a very troubling situation somewhere in the past, right. or maybe even that um, one just would not stay with the other. But right. uh, a, a mother raising children by herself, their selves. I want you to know that I think that you ladies, or even a man, that's raising your children as a single parent. Yes. I think you are a hero. Yes. Amen. I think you are strong. I think that God has helped you more than maybe you know He has. And and um, because I say that uh, not not to. Glorify what may have happened sometime in the past that caused it to be a different type of a family But because you're you're sticking with it and you're hearing me today You're hearing me today in this place because you have decided just to go on forward with with what's right And so the 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 matrifocal family and then the extended family the multi-generational type family is not unheard of and as a matter of fact, in the New Testament, it encourages us that if there's a, a mother that's become a widow, that the family should take them in and help with them. Right. Right. Well, yeah. they take them in to their house, but somehow under their wing right. yeah. and kind of help help them through life because life can become very tough right. yeah. and, and very lonesome and very um, disorganized because... Yeah. Yeah. Of none of our own doing in yeah. many cases, yeah. and then the extended family, and then the blended families, and there's plenty of that today. Yeah. And I say that if we, if any, if people have come through life and come through hardships, yes. and come through some such absolute unfortunate, difficult times, yes. and your family is able to blend after that, you they've been born, and after uh, mother and father came together yes. and made a family yes. out of it. I believe that God has helped you and I I do not condemn anybody that will go on forward and we all we all have to start wherever we're at you just can't go back in time really we just start right here right now or right there and right then for you an example is that the little daughter in this family, Kayla, is happy and healthy. She's a kindergartner. And she's growing and learning every day. When she was a baby, she couldn't do much but cry and eat, cry and eat. But now she can run and skip and count and even read a few words. She can talk to her mother about things because she can speak in full sentences eventually. She's come a long way since she was just a baby. In the first... Eight years of life. Children grow and develop in many different ways. And they probably grow and develop particularly intellectually and ability-wise in that short span more than any other eight years uh, spans in people's lives. But uh, but as they go, they get bigger. They learn to walk, which is a part of their physical development. You have the physical development. One, please say physical development. physical development. And then they learn to speak and to read, and to, which show language development. Yes. That's one thing that they get from their family. Just growing up, social emotional development leads yes. them to being able to understand their own emotions yes. and those of others. Yes. All of us are different from each other. Oh, yes, A husband and wife each have a brain individually. <laughs> Many of you found that out. But the fact is, we will never be able to, to dictate the thoughts of one another. No. So we, we put ourselves together with God and His Word, and He teaches us to go on. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, now, a development, or all development in a family is a combination of basically two things. Genetics, which we receive from our biological mother or our biological father, and maybe even descended down from grandparents. And probably at some point in growing up, people have told you, well, you act just like your grandpa, or she just acts just like her mama, (laughs) or she looks like her mother or whatever. And so... what happens in the home does affect us greatly. And first of all genetics, that is the the genes that came into the conception, the pregnancy, the birth of a child, that they are truly the biological child offspring of these certain people. But the second thing is powerfully important and maybe even more powerful than genetics. Thank God it can be because if some of us lived only through our genetics, For what we were handed down from a previous generation, we wouldn't be here today. Right. Amen. Because, you know, they're, they're, we weren't all raised in a Christian home. Right. Not all of us. Right. We weren't raised in a home of love and yes. care and yes. compassion. Yes. So the second thing that causes development in our lives is an environment right. that we live in growing up. Now, I want to make this real strong as I can. My heart feels a little bit broken up to think about these things because, see, I realize that people find themselves in situations not because necessarily they chose to be in that situation, but possibly because from their youth up, they were put into a situation, and they grew up in certain situations. But you see, God is giving each of us that are alive and still able in this place today. And every person that hears this from my voice and from the Word of God, He's given us the opportunity to become a new creature in Christ Jesus. And, And even after we have become a new creature, even after we have been made new by God, the enemy's there to fight yes. and to battle yes. and try. The Bible says he comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life yes. and that more abundantly. Yes. Praise God. Yes. There's some ways that, um, in some ways, children develop because they're hardwired through genetics. To do those things. But they also grow and learn. Because of the people around them. Who support them in that life. Look. Whatever how you grew up. Whatever experiences you had. Growing up. Does not have to determine. Your present or your future. Because God is a deliverer. And he does make us new. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the people are excited today because we know this is true. There's a lot of things that's beyond our control. Even if we should have control over it or in it, we don't always at that moment in time have the strength or the direction in our life that we need. And so we don't maybe go in the best with the best decisions in life because we just have not learned that particular set of skills. But but as we grow, we uh, realize that God has made us uh, to be something in the future. I, I'm trying to get back to uh, how how we're raised. Yes. Um, I, I'm assuming that you folks are not super sensitive. I, there's not a uh, biased bone in my body. Yes. You please accept my love. Yes. But... And I've, I've kind of touched on this. I want to go back to it. So, you know, the nuclear family is being talked about so much yes. because the culture of America and some other countries, yes. but lately, just in the year of 2020, a lot has changed. Yes. Right. Yes. Amen. And, this, you know, everybody here, I guess, has heard of Black Lives Matter. Yes. Now... Fact is, Black Lives Matter wants to go out and make a statement. Yes. And very few of them actually do any damage, right. physical damage or, right. or physically hurt somebody. Right. It's usually another group that's called Antifa. Yes. Yeah. There's enough yells that I think y'all are staying up with the news. <laughs> Antifa, yes. that that take advantage of that yeah. peaceful uh, Assembly and, and, yes. and, and a statement that's being made yes. and they hijack the situation and make it bad yes. Yes. and so racial discrimination has become like the pinnacle of the thoughts of America yes. Yes. we cannot allow ourselves to be offended because this world is so messed up out there we're all the children of God hallelujah born again hallelujah it whatever you see some people were raised in homes that had a racially blended family nothing wrong with that uh, some people were raised in a home that was very very prejudiced And wherever on the spectrum we've come from, we need to understand that God has a way that's a higher way and a better way. And we should not allow what's happening in this world, the spirit of what's happening in this world, to get into our thinking and get into the church or get into our family. Because you see, God wants us all to just start where we are and just go forward. That's what we're doing today is we're going forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been surprised at some people that have allowed the spirit of what's going on out there on the mean streets of America to creep into their own attitude. Creep into their own church. Creep into their own family. Children go to school or go play with friends and come back with things that might just surprise you, of how that this this country. I'll just speak of America since I am one, but uh, we there's been a lot of changes going on. Uh, It blows my mind how much America has changed in one year, 2020, and now going into 2021. There's so many things, and and yeah. when you think you've made progress in certain areas, yes. you can always find where you can do better, yes. and we need to always desire to do better. Yes. Amen. Yes. When the, we do a lot of outreach in Bellevue Souls Harbor, and through the years we have, and I think it was just a Debbie Lloyd that got us the contact into this one uh, project of of homes and a very, um, uh, very full, <laughs> and and in some you know drug users. Okay, most people who use drugs, not all, but they they're poor, and if they're not poor when they start them, they're poor after we they've used too much, or uh, any, and but they w- we've gone to some of these places and children that are just seven, eight, nine years old. They they told me when they came back from the outreach there and the things they played children's games and they, prayed and they pr- taught them the gospel and did these things, with yeah. these children it was it was nothing they didn't think they were doing anything wrong and they would come up with the most, uh, most vulgar, yeah. things to say, yeah. Yeah. and and they would just say things and just like I would say hello, I mean it's just that natural, yeah. Yeah. it was because of the way they grew up. Yeah. And it's not just one uh, type of person or another. Right. Of course, there's a lot of wealthy families that grow up in a very bad environment as well, yes. but also poor. Yes. And, and um, I, I, this is the point that God wants you to really take a hold of and take home with you. So that's why I keep coming back to it. No matter what we saw around us when we were growing up, we are different. God has made a difference in our life. And if you need a difference, He will make a difference in your life. Even if you're already saved, God has still got more for us. Praise the Lord Jesus. See, God started this, this whole thing outright. He, he, he started it outright. Uh, I mean, just to put this together, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, which is uh, basically my beginning text here. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now God gave us not only this word through Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, but he gave us this demonstration of how he started the human race. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis chapter 2 began with, and say verse 7, The Lord God formed man yeah. Yeah. out of the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul We're going to go down to verse 21 Genesis 2:21 and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And the man said, whoa, man. (laughs) I don't know how and when he named her. The Bible said that Adam named everything on earth. (laughs) That was, that's not biblical right there. (laughs) (laughs) It does say that from a man God made the woman and brought her unto him. And Adam says, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. And then the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 16 just kind of drops us in to make that contrasting understanding. He says, what? Know you not that he which is joined to and harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. You know, young people, people that intend to be married, need to realize that you're, it's more than a physical thing when we go too far with our passions. It's more than just a physical. It's more than just, oh, that happened, that's separate and apart from my life. That, that's not going to affect me. It will. But then we always turn to the right one, to Jesus, who washes away all sin. And I thank God if he didn't forgive me of my sins. I'm not talking about before I got saved. I received the Holy Ghost when I was seven. I started preaching when I was 16. Now, if you think a young man from 16 years old to 67 years old can get through a whole life without one sin, you're wrong. God has had, had to forgive me I've had to ask for forgiveness and if you here today and you feel like you, you you love the Lord and you're serving the Lord but there's some things that you need to uh, you know, ask God to forgive you of don't feel like that oh I'm just a nothing I'm a nobody no every person everybody, everybody. needs God's forgiveness yes. on a yes. daily basis yes. as, the, as the Lord's prayer said give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, yes. as we forgive those who trespass against us, yes. and so he says he Jesus is making a, a point here about and harlot he said I, I you're part of you're part of the church yes. you're' the, you're, the, you're the espoused bride of Jesus Christ yes. Yes. and so he said um, now then he said if if I do not if I do not teach you about Jesus and get you rooted and grounded." then if you become a part of the sinful world around you, then you become part of a harlot-type atmosphere. And he says, and they shall be one flesh. Or uh, even if it's some that's a one-time affair, there's a part of us that's been given away, male and female. There's a part of us that's been given away. I'm just glad that God fills all space. And He fills that space as we ask Him and as we confess our sins to Him. He gives us that opportunity to have that place filled with goodness in our heart. Hallelujah. This reflecting on our relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we have to think of each situation in life as what Jesus can do for us. Scripture makes it clear how to become one flesh. when he speaks of an harlot and when he speaks of Adam and Eve it tells us how they become one flesh yes. It is a great part of it well one the flesh part of it is a consummation of intimacy. But we don't want to get to the point where we're ready to settle down and give ourselves away. But where God has restored you, you got to start from where you start and let God make you whole all the way. You know, two shall become one. That means that each must give up of ourselves. Um, I want to say to any person that's not married, God has the right one for you. God has the right companion for you. We need to wait on God. It needs to be more than just a physical relationship. It needs to be one that's made in heaven as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you know the pastor teaches things about how we ought to court and how we ought to behave ourselves when we go out and and so forth, if we' look if we're in the uh, situation looking for a companion. but um, so therefore the pastor lays forth some some guidelines. And um, for the young people, we call them dating rules. But for any age, there's guidelines that need to be taught and need to be respected. You see, it's uh, everybody is subject to temptation. Oh, yeah. right. And there are yes. some things the pastors can teach us that are based on scripture yes. that will yes. show us the way to stay right with God. Yes. God has someone for you, and you do not need to get ahead of God. Oh, yeah. I'm going to to quickly go through three things here. If we're, if we are, you see, if we're looking for some, if we're looking for marriage or we're in a marriage, either way, we need to hear what I'm about to say. Now, a young man came to me one time, long, long ago, in a place far away. How far it is, depending on where you're walking or driving. <laughs> so a long, long time ago in a place far, far away, a young man came to me and said, I am so lonesome. I am well old enough to get married, and he was. And I am able to support a wife and the future of family. He's a fine Christian young man. Just you can't ask for any better. Uh, and then, so I said, here's three things you can do. And if you will bring, if you will make sure that that they have these three uh, characteristics about them, you could bring those only, only those with these three characteristics only. You could have them gather around you, and you can just turn, and wherever you stop, you marry that one right there. Now I'm talking to a young man who seems to be pretty desperate to get married. I got to help him all I can. Everybody understand now what do I mean by that they you have to have certain characteristics to even get in that circle you don't do that with just everybody in the room or everybody in the world so first of all the person has to be attractive to you physically you know easy on the eyes come on now what I say is pretty enough because beauty is in the eye of the holder so pretty enough and handsome enough in this regard we should look also in the mirror and say you know I got a couple flaws too and you know I'm not going to try to marry Miss Universe Or is there a Mr. Universe? I don't know. I I want a person that is real. I want to know what and who I'm marrying. And I want to know the qualities of the person that I'm going to marry. Again, if we're married now, let's strive to live up to these qualities. And don't in any way beat yourself down because you have not been able to live up to these qualities. Anything that I say. It's going forward. It's, we, we, put the, we put the past behind us. And by the blood of Jesus, we go forward. Pretty enough. Handsome enough. Otherwise, we don't need to... I use this word in Bellevue here a while back. You, we don't have to go out and find a mutant. And I don't really... I'm not sure what that even means. But we don't need to do that and then bring them back and say, I, I've got to marry you because I have a, I'm have not perfect either. Well, I don't know what a mutant is, but just don't marry one. I don't know what they are. So they have to be pretty enough, handsome enough to do <laughs> because it's what you develop after you make a life for yourselves that really matters. And that's why this is to the unmarried and the married. Right. Now, the first thing, of course, is they have to be attractive to. You, tr- attractive enough. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Don't marry anybody that you would just feel bad and negative about going on the honeymoon. Yeah. Something wrong. You don't need to get married. As spiritual as you are, if there's not a little tingle somehow, you don't get married. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> I don't want to keep getting too raw here. Number one, make sure that at least you're attracted to each other physically secondly you must enjoy each other's company now these are the people that get to get in this circle that you could point at and if you if you just want to get married and you just want to do the right thing these three qualities will get you the right one because then of course you would rationalize with your own mind you must enjoy one another's company need to talk positively about one another and to one another now, when you're married, you tend to not make as much effort to talk things up oh, yeah. and, you know, fancy up and yeah. put your best foot forward. And, yeah. But I think we, if we want to grow, oh, we're, yeah. we are, you see, we are making our marriage, we are, yes. you, yes. your spouse, yes. each of us, we're making our marriage what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You can't blame somebody else. It's you two that live in the same house. It's you two that have treated each other the way you have. It's you two that have wove your tapestry together. So don't blame anybody else. That's why I'm saying these instructions are for those that are unmarried and those that are married. We can go forward and things can just get more and more beautiful and precious as we go forward. Praise God. Enjoy each other's company even before you get married. A little humor. Intellectually similar. I won't say anything about that mutant again, but anyway. (laughs) Intellectually similar. You know, we don't need an Einstein marrying a fence post. Intellectually similar. And if you marry somebody and suddenly you think you're superior, then it's your mistake and you've done the wrong thing but you need to let God lead you and not your fleshly thoughts. We need to become more of what we ought to be. Today, before you get this day is finished, you can say kind things about your companion. Before this day is over, you can turn some things around. And when you go home and over the next few days, and especially since you're going to be teaching on family, what a perfect time for you to say, I'm going to put this in my marriage. I'm going to put this in my family. I'm going to put this in my children. I'm going to do the things that make for a good Christian family. Yes. And then, first, be attracted to them. Second, enjoy their company. And uh, thirdly, they must love God even more than they love you. Because when when each person loves God With all their heart, God will cause you to love each other in the right way and love each other enough. Bible even says, "Love covers a multitude of sins." So we're not going to have a perfect spouse. Don't get married and think, "Oh, he's got this problem, but I'm going to change him." Probably no, you're not. But things will blend. Yes. And yes. with God's help, things can and will change. Yes. So let's, uh, we must, uh, they, they must, we must love God more than each other. Yes. We don't need to have this thing if, well, I don't feel so well today. I don't think I'll be going to church. Oh. And then, and then, um, and then the companions say, well, if you're not going, I guess I'm not going. We gotta love God more than we love our spouse. We gotta love His church more than we lo- love our spouse. Now you say, whoa, 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 keep that in balance, keep it in perspective. But we gotta love our church, the church that God planted us in. We've got to love that more than we love, you know, activities otherwise, even with the family. Everybody deserves some time off, everybody deserves vacation. But God does not want us staying home out of fear or out of just being angry with one another or because we're holding a grudge. He wants us to let it all go and be part of His church. So they must, we must love God all of our heart. Otherwise, we're not, we're not just marrying a pretty face. Right. Uh, the wife needs to know how she keeps, or the potential wife or husband, they, she needs to know how she keeps her whole self. Yes. It's. I'm not really talking about weight here. Yeah, I know better. I mean, you know, I've come from 125 pounds to 200 pounds. And... Uh, we're not talking, and I'm not doing that just because of me, but any of us. We're talking about the whole person. Yes. You know, yes. uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, personal hygiene. Yeah. We're yes. talking about a little breath mint that helps every Amen. Now, man. <laughs> Amen. Wouldn't it hurt to have one of them handy when you pray for people in the altar? Amen. Oh, my. You're just getting a whole smorgasbord today. So um, personal hygiene and, you know, make attempt at fixing your hair every day. Husband shouldn't come home to a woman that hadn't combed her hair all day. And a man shouldn't expect to go in there and flop down in the bed. Maybe bring me a glass of ice cream. I'm the man of the house. He needs to get in there and take himself a shower. Get his old grimy self cleaned up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. In with that. Enjoy each other. Easy to talk with. Easy resolving differences. You can get to this point. You can get to this point. You don't have to have a screaming match to resolve something. You don't have to... Give people the cold shoulder, especially your companion, just to prove something. Not easily offended. Don't hold grudges. Don't give the quiet treatment. The quiet treatment can get so cold. I'm going to tell it. The old elder told me years ago. He was teaching a bunch of ministers and wives about family. Ministers and wives need a good family too. And he says, um, now, you know, you may have an argument. You may have a dispute with your spouse. He said, and oh, it can get real cold, especially at night in the bed. It can get so cold. He said, but you know, somehow or another, when you love each other, He said, I call it the toe ministry. Yeah, on your foot, the toe ministry. He says, in the night, you finally get up enough courage. Your foot kind of starts moving over there. You got that big toe out there, and you just kind of tap it and bring it back. And nothing bad happens to you. You'll move back over there again. You'll stay a little longer. As things unfold. We don't need to give each other that quiet treatment. I just ain't talking. I don't want to argue, so I'm not going to talk. That don't resolve anything. That just that just lets it keep mounting up in the house. My, my wife and I loved God. We loved each other. We loved the church that we were pastoring. I mean, we gave everything. and still do, but we gave everything starting and building up and growing a church in Bellevue. But we didn't want to go to church angry at each other no. because the there was a scripture that says that if, if we don't uh, treat each other right, our prayers will be hindered. Prayers. We wanted to have good church, yeah. and we wanted to have a good family. Yeah. And we just we just did that. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. Nobody's saying it's easy. It's difficult sometimes to to, uh, get through some things that's holding you back from being what you can be in God. But encourage each other to go to church. You know, don't discourage by any means. Encourage each other. Love God more than anything else. Listen, encourage them by telling them they're Good points. Yes. Gently, lovingly help them on their bad parts, <laughs> yes. but always lift up and magnify their good point. Yes. If all they ever hear is when you still, there's something you don't like and you tell them what you don't like, that's going to be a very negative atmosphere in the home. Right. Amen. But if we yes. tell them the things that are good, right. you know, if nothing else, when he comes in with that paycheck, lady. And let's say he's he's able to make a living for the whole family. He comes in with that paycheck. (laughs) And you say, thank you very much. (laughs) You're the best paycheck maker I've ever known. Hallelujah. (laughs) Find the good points. Find the good points. I love that little freckle on your nose. Find the good points encourage them to go to church encourage them to donate work around the church encourage them don't say honey don't leave me we've both been in this case maybe both of you working We've been we've been so busy don't go over there and work at that church you would do the best by encouraging your companion to go work around the people of God for a while at the church Encourage them to be active in the church. Yes. Yes. Active. You know, I know Lacey's been practicing the piano because she couldn't play that way even the last time I heard her play over there in Bellevue. I mean, at my house. She probably practices at home, but I don't hear that. But you see, obviously, she's been encouraged. Yes. Right. Yes. She played a song. It wasn't just right, but everybody was so happy to have this piano. Everybody, yeah, come on, that's good. And in reality, you're like saying, "Ooh, ah, ooh, you missed that one. Oh, oh, you missed that one." But no, no, come on, we love that piano. Let's go. Let's do better. But you know, it don't just come like that. There's, there, there is sacrifice involved in these praise singers. These praise singers, there is sacrifice involved. There's practice involved. We want our children to, uh, to have that strong input make sure they're in Sunday school make sure they're in children's activities you want your teenagers to have those good attributes make sure they're involved in those things that develop good attributes and uh, if there's a youth choir if there's a youth activity that is a church activity go that way faithful in church attendance faithful to your church don't bad mouth your church if anybody starts running your church down stand up for your church and stand up for your pastor And stand up for God. Amen. Faithful to pray. Faithful to worship. Faithful to the church standards. Faithful to whatever the dating uh, guidelines are. And make sure that when you're getting ready to get married or you are married, you have eyes only for that one. Now, these are my last passage of scriptures right here. I'm going to go through today. But I would, this is 1 Corinthians 7, 32. But I would have you without carefulness. Without carefulness. That's not saying don't be careful in the sense that we might think of it. He's talking about the cares of life, the burdens, the responsibilities, the difficulties. I would have you without carefulness. Paul said, you can get married if you want to, but such shall have trouble in the flesh. There's no I heard a man that I admired so greatly, that helped me so much say one time, he said, he's talking about himself, he said, people look at you and say, you you would never, men of God never have an argument with their wife. And he said, Well, this man of God does. Yeah. <laughs> I would have you without that carefulness that he that is unmarried care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Not please himself, but please the Lord. 733, he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, not necessarily talking about sinful things, but material things of this world, how he may please his wife. If you please. (laughs) We need to think of ways to make the companion happy, to, you know. When I came home from school after, in a country school, when I came home, in certain times of the year, there's these beautiful flocks. And if you don't know what flock flowers are, you haven't been in Florida long enough, but but beautiful, you know, certain times of the year, I just picked them on the way home. When I get home, I could barely put my arm around my, excuse me, my fingers around the stems, but I'd give it to my mother. And she put it up in a mason jar in the window. Some of y'all may have seen those things before. But something similar. But I had a desire to do something nice. Doing something nice doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Sometimes it don't have to cost anything. Sometimes it's a little note left, uh, you know, uh, under her purse when she picks up the purse. Oh, look, there's a note. Yeah, there's a note in your, your lunch bag, man. Or there's a note in your seat of your... Uh, your driver's seat of your vehicle before you go to work. Uh, come home and there's a candle lit. How much does one candle cost? Yeah. You don't have to be without electricity to use a candle. And then the last verse of this says, there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin, otherwise a woman that's never been married or a woman that is married. The unmarried woman care for the things of the Lord, how that she may be, both, be holy both in body and in spirit, but she that is married, care for the things of the world, there again, not sinful things, material things, how she may please her husband. Yes. It is so extravagantly important yes. that we realize that when we're getting into a lifelong relationship, as it should be, yes. and we're making a commitment in marriage, that we go into it understanding, I'm not going into this marriage for everybody to please me. I'm going into this relationship with an attitude, I want to please my wife. I want to please my husband. That's what Paul said. And he even said, you're taking a little bit away from God just to get married. Because if you're single, he said, then you only care about the things that belong to God. But when you get married, you've got to kind of balance it. Then you've got to keep God first, but you've got to make sure that your companion is right there about on the same level. And how that we may please, if we're going to continue to live for God after we're married and not be 100% carnal all the time, then we're going to have to walk with God as we walk with each other. Oh, I want to walk with God. I want to, I want to live close to Him. Hallelujah. Let's pray a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, say, hey. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's press in a little bit here. Praise God.
0: Can we all stand to our feet right now? The presence of the Lord is here, and we have just been presented with gold. You have just been presented with gold. This is better than anything you'll read in a book. Right here, let me tell you. <laughs> you could, there's people that spend hundreds of dollars on conferences and they wouldn't have got as much as they got just right now. Uh, this was gold. And some of you know the Spirit of the Lord was just kind of pricking you at certain parts as Bishop was talking, knowing, mm, Kind of hurt just a little bit, but it was, ooh, it's the Word just saying, that's it right there. That's what that's what I need to do better. Ooh. That's, that's what we've got to work on right there. And so now I'm going to invite you, if your family or a friend is close by, let's take that gold and let's put it right in our heart where it belongs. Don't just throw it on the ground. Let's put it in our heart. Why don't you lift your hand? If you're nearby, your spouse, you could put an arm around their shoulder. But let's begin to pray. Why don't you lift your voice right now and begin to pray those principles that Bishop just shared with us. Lord, <laughs> thank you for the gold. Thank you for your word. God, you see this family, and we want to please you, Lord. This marriage is not just for us. It's for your glory. It's for... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. That's it, sir. Husband, pray over that spouse. Pray over that family. That's it, ma'am. Pray over your husband. Oh, come on, single person. This isn't wasted time. This isn't time to check out. You're developing your character right now. You're developing who you're going to be, what kind of family you're going to have right now. Lord, touch us. Hallelujah. That's it. I, I feel such a sincerity. Come on, we want this. We want this. Oh, yes. God, give us healthy marriages. Give us godly marriages. That's it. Maybe you've been lonely. Maybe you've been all by yourself for a long time. Give yourself wholeheartedly to the Lord. Let Him order your steps. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Oh, keep on praying right now. Keep on seeking the Lord right now. I'd love to have a couple of our our senior married couples. You ought to just begin to move around and just lay hands appropriately on some of these younger couples. Lord, cover them right now. Lord, help us right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, it matters what we're doing.